millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, welcome to the Clifford Podcast with the Irish Examiner. Now, as we head into the winter months, the war in Ukraine shows no sign of abating and the flow of refugees from the conflict continues. So where are we in terms of the Cadmila Falsha in this country? Last February, when the war began, there was an outpouring of compassion and pledges of plenty to assist in the housing of those fleeing the conflict. As it has persisted and as accommodation has become more difficult to source, some of that has changed. And, you know, in the broad scheme of things, that is understandable to a certain extent. Because right now up to 60,000 refugees from Ukraine have arrived here and at the same time the number of those seeking international protection largely from developing countries has also shot up more than doubling this year and up around 190% on the numbers in 2019, the last full year before the pandemic. And it also has to be said that while the rights of international protection people to remain in the country have to be decided, a large number, we'll get to the specific number soon, uh, do get residency here simply because it's accepted that what they're fleeing is either war, conflict or some other form of, of pestilence. And increasingly, and I think this is something we, we're all going to have to get used to at some stage, folks, we're going to see a lot of climate refugees coming this way. But that's for another day. In any event, how are we in this country managing under the pressure? In recent weeks... We've seen a few protests at the locating of refugees and asylum seekers in some places. Although it must be said that in the context of the numbers arriving in the country, so far these are relatively few. But what of the towns that are taking in large numbers? How is it affecting these towns and what kind of welcome is afforded people who are fleeing, as I say, one form of pestilence or another? Killarney is one such town where, according to some estimates, the local population has increased by up to a third due to new arrivals. Now, just to get an idea of what is involved, what kind of feelings abound and how things are expected to develop, I've asked the town's mayor, Niall Keller, onto the podcast to set the scene for us. Niall, you're very welcome. Hello, Mick. Thanks for having me on. Niall, just to start off, because obviously very many of us will be familiar with Killarney, but then some people may not, just to outline the the kind of town we're talking about, as I understand, about 10,300 population and obviously... The, the economy to a large extent based on tourism. Yeah, well, I suppose your last census figure, probably taking in some of the rural heartland of Killarney, will bring you nearly to 14,500. And I expect the census figures to obviously bring us over 16,500, 17,000 when they're officially published for the county. So, you know, there's some people harping to a, to, to a lower figure to make the number a bit more dynamic in relation to the amount of people that are that are in Killarney. But I've no doubt there is a large percentage of our population uh, in the town are, are people who are seeking protection, refugee status or, or so on. But look, we're a town based around tourism. Um, over 250 years, we've been welcoming people to Killarney, um, surrounded obviously by the beautiful National Park. 
Um, but, uh, you know, as a town, we welcome a lot of visitors all year round. So our population usually doubles. You've kind of half the population are people who live and reside in the area and the other half are people who are visiting the area uh, at the peak of the year. But uh, as a town, we pride ourselves in, in a place of welcome, uh, no matter where you're coming from. That's interesting, Niall, straight off, because uh, as I say, I, I, I reference some figures there and, and as you say, some... Uh, they sound low, which actually puts the proportion of new arrivals is a lot less when you take in, as you say, the hinterland and the new census and the natural growth of population. Now, prior to the war in Ukraine, just in terms of background, there already was, as there are in most towns around the country, uh, international protection people were staying in uh, in Killarney going back, I think, up to 20 years. What kind of accommodation were they in initially before the recent conflict? I suppose for decades you've had people who've been seeking international protection who have been in Killarney uh, through the years and people obviously then uh, getting international protection and getting uh, refugee status and and being able to work. Um, So Linden House, um, Atlas House and and Park House and Park Road in Killarney are are facilities that have been used for international protection applicants uh, for very many years and we have a fantastic organisation in Killarney, uh, which is called CASI, which is Killarney's Asylum Seeker Initiative, which effectively came out of uh, the res- the people who were residents in these um, locations and effectively assisting them and integrating them into our community. Uh, and that, that initiative has been exceptionally successful over the years and we've seen them open a cafe uh, in Killarney um, we've seen them have their own uh, greenhouse and garden. Uh, we've seen many, many people get involved in our Tidy Towns initiatives over the years and volunteering. Uh, so this is nothing new uh, to what Killarney has. I suppose the issue, quite simply, is the volume um, over a very, very short period. Um, and many, many people who have vested interests different, of different uh, situations very much... Uh, really pushing up a hysteria and probably also giving figures that making it a lot more drastic than it is. Okay, and we'll come to that. And bringing forward to this year, we have this war, horrible, terrible outbreak of war with people, millions fleeing Ukraine. We're taking in here, as as in the rest of Europe, we're taking in people. And I think, am I correct that about 135 Ukrainians arrived in Killarney and they were housed in a hotel there by arrangement, initially gone back in pre-summer. Yeah, so that, that you're talking of, make there in relation to uh, Hotel Killarney and um, the 135 uh, Ukrainian women and children uh, predominantly who uh, were being moved out of that hotel to another hotel in another part of the country um, to effectively... Uh, make way for international protection applicants rather than people who uh, were being given housing for um, the refugee status. These were the first to arrive. Make- Those Ukrainian people, as you say, mainly women and children, they had been in Killarney for a number of months and I think had had uh, had settled in well under the circumstances. Anyone fleeing war is going to be traumatic. They were the very, very first to arrive in Killarney. The very first place to uh, effectively welcome and host uh, people fleeing war and terror in Ukraine uh, was Hotel Killarney. Uh, other locations have come on since then. So the particular hot, uh, place that was picked 
was in fact the first lot that had arrived into the town. The integration work that has been done and as president of the Chamber of Commerce in the town, which is a role that I've I've served as well, I was involved in um, effectively a group that was formed together of all of the agencies to ensure that there was a, a transition in relation to the people and the volume of people that was were, were coming to the town. Um, and uh, people had got jobs, the principals and the schools had worked together uh, to effectively uh, all take on uh, the children in the particular areas that would suit to uh, go into our primary schools and our secondary schools. Um, and many of the mothers that were there had arrangements with others in relation to childminding and everything, and many were working um, in the local community. And I quite remember getting the call at the time uh, and being invited to a meeting, and there was other elected reps there as well. It really just didn't make a whole lot of sense that all of this work was going to have to be done if they were moved to Westport again and undoing the work that had been done by the groups that had effectively helped these people uh, to settle. And fleeing fleeing a very, very, very difficult uh, situation and effectively having been settled to be moved again was going to draw all that back up again. Just to lay that out for, for people who may not be totally across it, Niall, we're talking about, I think it was early October, word was sent through to uh, these Ukrainian people in Hotel Killarney that they were going to be moved. I think it might have been less than a week's notice that it, they were going to be moved. 48 hours. 48 hours, 48 hours notice. They were going to be moved, having been there for, I suppose, the guts of six months at least, as you say, well settled. They were going to be moved to, to Mayo uh, in order to facilitate the arrival in Killarney of international protection people who... And this, I suppose, goes to the, the, the kind of uh, pressures that the whole system was under. Those international protection people were in the what's supposed to be a reception centre in City West in Dublin. And they, the, the nature of these things is that they start there and they're sent to locations around the country. They were due to be moved to Killarney and therefore the Ukrainian people were to make way for that by going to Westport. Now, the reaction to that locally uh, from recollection was mobilised very quickly and people came together to say that they were totally against the idea that these people would have to move on again, having settled in so much work having been done to uh, make them welcome into town. Yeah, look, over the last number of weeks um, since that has happened and as you're meeting people and as late as yesterday, I met a, a gentleman who said, I just can't believe uh, that that was something that was going to happen and, and somebody thought it was the right thing to do. Um, and it wasn't. And, and I think that was seen. But when you talk about the pressures they're making, it goes back the very first that it was put to the minister in relation to why that decision was made. He was straight out and saying, we're moving these people because nobody will take international protection applicants in this place would. And uh, that was very, very transparent of the answer by the minister in relation to the pressures that were there. And I've made this point uh, before and I've made it several times. And maybe there are some cons to to, to, to the element of it, because, it, but it's communication and dialogue in relation to the issues that, that, uh, that exist and the difficulties uh, that I pass and that the minister's department have in relation to the large number of people that are arriving into the country. Um, communication is key 
uh, to people understanding uh, what is happening and the decisions that are being made. Uh, nobody uh, was communicating effectively what was happening, why these people were being moved, until the minister um, made that point and said that we're going to exclusively use this venue for international protection applicants. Uh, and a lot of mistruths and misinformations went uh, right around the town and many other places um, with information that was inaccurate. The real thing was that I, nor other, any other public representatives, nor the local authority, uh, could confirm nor deny any of the uh, misinformations that went out because we weren't informed uh, in relation to the to to what was happening and what the plan was, and and I suppose that leads to the point in relation to it, um, wherein if if effective communication in relation to the challenges are to exist uh, and to the solutions that are being proposed uh, by IPAS, uh, then it's a lot easier uh, and more effective in relation to integration of people. Yeah, and again, just to point out to people who aren't totally affiliated, IPAS when you refer to IPAS as the international protection accommodation service which as it says on the tin is concerned with ensuring that international protection applicants uh, where exactly they're going to be accommodated but back again to that in early October Niall the ultimate outcome of that was due to petitions due to the campaign due to publicity and I think direct petitions even through TDs in Kerry the minister agreed to uh, reverse that original decision yeah, it was um, like look. The, the the point was we wanted to keep the women and children in the place that they that they were, um, but that didn't happen. They were accommodated elsewhere in Killarney, um, and um, I suppose um, in regards to that, they were successful in being able to be kept resided in Killarney, um, but the accommodation was therefore then used. Uh, exclusively for international protection. But you're right. Look, for the 48 hours, it was raised in the doll. Uh, I, as well as many other um, people, contacted uh, the elected representatives in Dáil Éireann. We contacted the Taoiseach's office, the minister's office, and we really explained the work that uh, was being undone. Uh, I had people who told me this. Um, their son had two of the Ukrainian kids who were in his class over at their birthday party. I had people come from North Kerry who their grandkids were sitting alongside uh, other Ukrainian children in the schools in North Kerry and they felt that it was very, very unfair and unjust what was happening. And, and that's why there is un there was unanimous support and welcome for the people that were currently resided in Killarney to stay there. Yeah, and as you say, and, and the campaign was successful and I, I, I think there was a, a feeling of, um, a very positive feeling that uh, people had campaigned so strongly to ensure for the good of, the, of, of these Ukrainian people themselves that they wouldn't have to be shifted around again and it was reversed. Now, the other element to that was that the plan to bring international protection people, I think about 150 to the town, that went ahead which I suppose was only natural and as far as the authorities were concerned had to be done and they moved into Hotel Killarney. And then, Niall, I think it's fair to say that within a few weeks there was certainly some noises suggesting Killarney at that stage, some elements within the town were suggesting that there was too many either refugees or asylum seekers there 
And, and this came up even as well at, at, at council meetings. It did. Uh, but I suppose earlier than that, um, Mick, there was a, a very important thing. And I personally and, and members of of other um, groups in Killarney highlighted the pressures uh, that were in Killarney in relation uh, to the volume of people and being able to accommodate. So we were very, very conscious that if you take this, the, the student crisis that existed in relation to people being in student accommodation and they needed to be to, to be moved out in time and the, the tourism season was still going on, Killarney was always going to be a place that had a large volume of to, tourism beds and was going to be a location that where some businesses actually close for the winter were able to use those beds um, to accommodate people over the winter period. And that's what's happened. And and th- let's be very clear here. The the hotel that we've referred to earlier, Hotel Killarney, have signed up and have publicly said this to a six-month contract. Currently, you can book that hotel online. And they, they, they have advertising and Facebook campaigns and so on. So the point that, that comes out in relation to planning and everything is... When that contract expires, there is 400 people currently in international protection applicants in that hotel that will have to be accommodated. So it's about communicating the plan that will happen because we're only three and a half months away from that contract coming to an end. So um, let's be clear, there was a lot of issues and it was very much highlighting that bed management is not the only solution uh, to the problems that, that 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 are faced in the volume of people that are, that are in the country but like the town of Killarney really wanted to do its part and we all we always do um and have done through the years in relation to national protection applicants but also in relation to this horrific war in Ukraine and it, it's important to understand what the people are fleeing um and to contextualise that, you know, like I've heard people turn around saying, oh, well, Ukrainian people are coming over here with cars. You know, they have cars. We've cars here. Would you turn around if if, if, if if this country was being bombed in the way that Ukraine is and you have a car outside the door, you're going to leave that behind you? You're not. You're, you're going to use everything you can to flee from where you're going from. So, like, there's a lot of misinformations and mistruths and hysteria that is being pushed out there. And, and that's wrong. And, you know, it, it creates people then and it creates doubts in people's minds. And, and, and that doesn't uh, serve well uh, for, for the country that we are. Because let, let's be clear on it, Mick. Like, we've had Irish people, whether it's under need or want, have left these shores for many, many years to many other shores across the world. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've seen it uh, wherein we've ha- had protests and, and signs up on doors that we're not, we weren't welcome as a race in, in, in other countries. So uh, that's not too long ago either. Yeah, definitely, Niall. Having said that, though, by late October, we had a scenario whereby there'd been a successful campaign to allow the Ukrainian people to stay and at the same time there'd been an additional 150 international protection people coming in, which, which ha- had to happen as well. Now, the, the ultimate outcome of that is that there was more people in the town, a relatively small town. And then you look at something like 
local the municipal council meeting, just a couple of quotes from that that brought up at the time. And you talked about misinformation that night, suggest that some of this perhaps wasn't accurate. There was one councillor who said uh, he was very concerned that none of the international protection people had been properly vetted and nobody knows anything about their past lives in their native countries. And he said he's being inundated with complaints about a number of incidents and people were afraid to walk the roads because of the behaviour of some of the men involved. And he was quoted, this particular councillor in the local uh, Killarney Today FM, some of them are real scamps who've been hunted out of Dublin. And he wasn't the only one. Another councillor says that people are saying that they're afraid to walk the streets and she said, I'm not being dramatic, this is what people are telling me. They're nervous. We have created the fear in the people of Killarney by bringing in too many. Now, just a couple of things there, Niall. This whole thing of vetting is a complete red herring because, as we all know, you know, the only people who are vetted are those who are directly dealing with children in very sensitive areas. There's no suggestion that if I want to go and live in Killarney, no one's going to want to vet me. Or if I'm one of a hundred construction workers, for example, coming up from South Kerry or down from Limerick and I'm moving into Killarney, no one's going to vet me. So the vetting thing, why that has to be brought up, I don't know. But the tone of those kind of comments in the council and I also have checked this out and it's not coming to the attention of the Gardaí and it's certainly not appearing in the courts. This notion that some uh, international protection people are behaving in an antisocial manner, that doesn't seem to be based in any reality. Yet we have this scenario where local representatives are, are publicly bringing up this kind of thing. Well, I think the issue there, Mick, is that there was one particular incident um, and, uh, you know, uh, an individual was was identified and, um, you know, it, it wasn't a, an incident that was by any means um, should have happened. Um, it was wrong. Um, and I think... One incident, as you said, Donnell, wasn't it? One incident. The, yeah. the one incident. Yeah. And But look, I have had got phone calls and many others and the elected representatives are are taking at face value what they're hearing. Um, but also, um, I've no doubt, people, um, the hysteria that was effectively hyped up really created a vacuum of a lot of mistruths and misinformations, which really allowed um, that effective um, fear to go into people who were ordinarily or genuinely going about their business and saying, oh, well, should I be looking behind my back here? And when you talk about vetting and you are 100% right, there's nobody vetting all of the people that come in from all over the world to visit Killarney. And the people that we're referring to are not working with children um, and, and therefore the vetting doesn't come around. But... The other part about it in relation to, I look, wouldn't it be great if we had everybody vetted, everybody altogether vetted? But that's not uh, a situation that is practical. Sorry, now just on that, yep. you say wouldn't it be great if we had everybody vetted? But, I mean, apart from it not being practical, why would there be a requirement to vet anybody coming into the town? One way or the no, other. No, I know that and I appreciate that. But look, uh, this comes down to the fear. Like, I'm not even going to repeat all of the hysterical information of what I heard on crimes 
that I heard was committed in Killarney. And any time I heard any one of them, the first thing I did was contacted in Garda Shikana and asked, did such a thing happen? Is there any incident? And while obviously they wouldn't talk about specifics, if there was, we would we would know about it. And they were not. They were incorrect. They were mistruths. And and they caused concern to people. And that is, look, that can that genuine people had genuine concerns, Mick. But it was it, oh, yeah. it, it was people who were whipping it up for their own agendas in relation to it, and and that was incorrect. Now, look, the point I, I suppose that I'm making is we have, and we're talking here specifically now about an international protection applicants. We have a system. We have a system which allows people to apply. And bear in mind, this isn't something that just happened. This government, the last government, it is something that this country signed up to over 70 years ago. And it's, it's you know, this is no different to any of the other countries. It's how we deal with international protection applicants it has to be the key issue uh, with with what we're, we're dealing with as the country faces a large rise of international protection uh, applicants uh, entering the country. So go, go down to the point here is, it's that system that allows people to be checked through their application as to whether they're entitled to international protection and refugee status. And I trust in that system. What I would like the government to do is to resource that system uh, efficiently for the volume of people that are here. Because if the trajectory of what happens this year is to happen next year, and we're not to be processing applicants at a speedy volume compared to we were dealing with probably about three or four thousand pre-COVID. We're now dealing with nearly 15,000. We're going to have a larger need for accommodation for a larger amount of people. Now, look, there's lots of reasons uh, when you look at the countries that, that people are coming from. Some are fleeing war. Some are, are some coming here for greater prosperities in life. Yes, they are. There's no doubt that they, that they aren't. Um, but they're fearing that they're leaving persecution. Maybe it's uh, you know sexual orientation or 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 war or or oppression of their own countries, um, and and to seek a better life for themselves or for others. Is there going to be people in the middle of those that 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 will cause problems? Yes, there has. We've we, but that's what our justice system is is there to deal with and to protect. I think, yeah, and it should, it should be noticed too, Niall, that, uh, you know, the justice system in general, whether it be in Killarney or whether it be in McCroom or Dublin or Cork City, you know, the, the, the largest cohort of people coming before through the justice system are young males. Uh, and it also just happens that uh, a, pro- a larger proportion of international protection people, simply because they have the facility to leave a country, are young males. So, I don't think there is any suggestion whatsoever that proportionately any more people from the uh, international protection area are any more susceptible to commit crime. And if anything, it's probably less even. But the point I'm coming to in that respect is... They know the consequences, I think, if they do. Yeah, exactly. Like everyone. And look, let's face it. I, I was a, a, a an immigrant out of this country myself. You go into you go into a country. You're looking to work. Whatever you're looking to do, you know you're you're probably more cognizant of the laws because you don't want to get thrown out of the place or whatever. So that's all yeah. there. But within that context, then do you think that particularly at public representative meetings, 
that people should be careful of what they say because, you know, okay, they might be getting that from members of the public, but saying it publicly then in meetings, that can amplify fears that are groundless. I can make, but look, at the same time, people, you know, I suppose when people in a public forum might even go one step further and they mightn't really understand entirely the consequences of of effectively some of the words in, in a large yeah. debate and you know like i i know one particular councillor and i'm not going to be mentioning any names of it but one particular councillor who who raised uh, concerns in relation to parts of what we're dealing with he said quite simply what i have said stops there it doesn't go into uh it goes any further in relation to where others may have taken it um, and it is genuine concern for for our town, um, you know. And I suppose the element in relation to the word of you know, let's just say all these hotels that are currently housing people are not to have um, tourists visiting them next year. That does mean that there are people who are coming in to enjoy themselves on holidays who will probably not have. There will not be the the spend, and uh, that will be in an economy that is reliant on a tourism. Uh, for employment so you know that is a genuine uh, concern oh absolutely you know so the point here is and and i've raised this point as well when these hotels are no longer providing the accommodation because they're going back to providing tourism accommodation when the season starts next year we need to know now that the government have have a plan in place to be able to deal with those people who will need to be moved uh, elsewhere very valid point yeah and Th- that is the key yeah. point right so like nobody is going out there and actually saying well all these beds will be available next year and i i take take particular note this week that uh bernadette randall's uh from a very very well respected randall's family here in killarney who's the president at ihf coming out and saying that another information that came from the meeting that killarney was full and that there was no tourism beds available. There is. Killarney is operating very, very well at the moment. Obviously, that is, it's a, a bit quieter of our shoulder seasons. But we, last week, we had one of the biggest uh, festivals and parades of our Christmas and Killarney Festival that we have had with over the last 10 and uh, 12 years. And people flocked to Killarney at the weekend to come and see Santa, to go to the Santa experiences and to enjoy the magic of what we create every year in Killarney at Christmas. So, And very, very valid too, Niall, as you say, you're talking about people's livelihood and, and that now, quite obviously, uh, the issues that arise are not the fault of any asylum seekers or refugees. But as you say, it is something that requires plans and people need to know that the, the capacity of the town to welcome tourists will be there next year. One other element to it I just want to touch on with you is when there was these certain concerns raised, was there elements coming into the town from outside, what we largely call far-right people, trying in any way to take advantage of it or trying to whip up any sentiment in that respect? Yes, there was. Um, without a doubt, there was. And there has been all over the country in certain parts, Mickey. And yeah. let, let's be quite clear, too. Um, there is that element within our country. Um, they have their, their views, they have their opinions, um, and, and they're doing it for their own reasons. Uh, but I think in Killarney, 
uh, very much. Even some of the people that spoke some of the words that you referred to earlier on called those people out um, for what it was. Um, and I think that was a very important thing that elected uh, was done by one of my colleagues uh, and called it for what it was. Um, so, you know, that did, that that hysteria didn't uh, help. And it, it wasn't, it, I think it was seen in Killarney for what it is. And um, it, it was very unfair on, on a number of the people that uh, were, were videoed and, and tried to effectively uh, peddle a different story than existed. But look, um, that's that's for another day. To know what's really happening, subscribe to the Irish Examiner today at irishexaminer.com forward slash subscribe. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. No, you've put a lot of emphasis, Niall, on communication and I think you've made a very good case in that respect, both in terms of when there's changes coming that people need to be communicated and also, as you say in particular, that there needs to be advanced communication of plans in order that people can plan for businesses and that. What do you say, though, to people who will say, and there's some, you know, it's definitely a case, that the only thing about communication is that why people really want it is in order to mobilise resistance to people being moved into the area rather than to, to, to deal or, or, or to plan for a situation. Look, I'll put it this way to you. Um, Linden House was reopened a number of years ago and after that um, reopening, there was a protest held of a small group of people. And I think many in the community were not happy um, you know, people were fleeing Syria and, and the war in Syria at the time on a majority of basis. Um, it is fair to say that that type of advance warning uh, will probably have that far right group there to, to whip up the hysteria against it. But if you don't have facts, Mick, then you can't deal with the issue at hand. And I think the facts given to the people people can decide for themselves and there are people by and large are very very reasonable and understanding of um, what's happening in the world at the moment um, whether it is people who are effectively fleeing war whether it is people who are trying to make a better future for themselves or their family or anything in that regard I think if the facts that are given and are communicated properly and effectively um I think that is something uh, that will far outweigh any, anything to a negative. Okay. Now, finally, Niall, as you say, the town is under certain pressure. It is a welcoming town, and this has been replicated around the country. The other side of that, uh, your party colleague, Cahill Crow, TD in Clare, another area like Killarney that relies heavily on tourism and is there for uh, a lot of people accommodated there simply because there are the empty beds, particularly in the winter. Cahill Crow made a suggestion earlier in the week that, you know, is a, is a time co- coming whereby we're going to have to say 
that we simply can't take any more refugees from the war because literally we can't accommodate them. As somebody who's seen what you've seen in Killarney, what do you think of that? Look, it hasn't just been Carl Cromick, um, our own Mayor Kerry here, Councillor John Francis Flynn, effectively had the same call yesterday. Um, and, and I suppose, look, the government themselves a number of weeks ago made a plea to the Ukrainian ambassador to say we have difficulties with accommodation. And I think when you look at the context around what Carl and John Francis have said and the context of what us elected representatives who are trying to do the best we can um, and help the areas we have and we serve uh, to be accommodating to people. Um, those concerns are probably a reaction to say we our services, our communities are struggling. And that is a fair thing to say. They are struggling. But we have to be cognizant of where people are leaving and what they're leaving. And it's about also a fair balance and share right across the European Union, because there are some countries across Europe that aren't pulling their weight in relation to it. And and it's uh, it's our citizenship of, of EU uh, in, that have agreed the protection of Ukrainian citizens uh, from temporary protection. There are European countries that are not pulling their weight. Uh, are there counties in Ireland that have less numbers than the likes of Kerry and Clare? Yes, there is. Uh, and that's not to, to say that they should be taking more or we should be taking less. It's about a reasonable balance and a reasonable response to what is an international crisis. Noel Kelleher, Mayor Killarney, thank you very much for talking to us today and thanks very much for those insights into the type of issues that are arising in towns like Killarney, which, as you say, are taking, certainly, I don't think anybody would dispute it very much, their fair share of people who are fleeing various conflicts. Thanks very much, Noel. Thank you, Mick. I'd also like to thank our engineer, as always, JJ Vernon. And folks, thank you for listening. We'll be back again with you next week. Take it handy.